You're listening to Man Meat Barbecue, the podcast, with your host, Mikey K. Our sponsors are Manbecue and Myron Mix and Smokers. If you don't know who Manbecue is, you better check it out. They're one of the coolest things in barbecue around. We do a meetup on the last Thursday of every single month. Let us take over your backyard. Let's see how much fun we can have. Looking for a new cooker? Look no further than the American-made Myron Mix and Smokers. Maybe you're a backyard enthusiast. Maybe you're a restaurant owner. Maybe you're looking to get into the catering game. They can accommodate it all. So make sure you go over to MyronMixAndSmokers.com and check out your next rig. And when you email them, tell them Mikey from Man Meat Barbecue sent you. So let's not waste any more time and let's get into this fucking podcast. What is up, guys? If you have been a listener to this podcast for a very, very long time, you will have heard a podcast by this person. If you have not, then guys, you are we are about to have a lot, a lot of fun. We bring back Zilla Pitts Barbecue back to uh, Man Me Barbecue. Uh, Big Prime, I want to say thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us and uh, chatting barbecue, man. You've had a lot, a lot has changed since we talked last. You've you've expanded. You've you've grown. You, you your business has gotten bigger. So, man, tell us a little bit about it. Well, you know, we originally started doing our little backyard barbecue deal. You know, just being a novelist as far as the barbecue game, had a little experience. You know, barbecuing since I was young and adolescent age. But since we spoke to you last time, you know, we treated it. We did a little GoFundMe account. We ended up getting our barbecue trailer. Now we're open to the public. We're doing majority of caterings. Uh, we're still doing a couple of competitions, but man, we are throughout Nashville and we are putting in work. So now, um, when you were, I want because you did get a barbecue trailer. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Now, when you first were deciding to go with that, kind of like putting the design together, kind of looking at stuff, what were the main features you were looking for in it? Well, as far as a trailer, I wanted my trailer to be unique to other concessions trailers out there. You know, everybody has the typical trailer where, you know, you see the logo on the side, you see the concessions window, you see all kind of people serving out of it. But guess what? You don't see smoke. You know, how are you going to sell barbecue and you got a concessions trailer and you don't see smoke? So what I chose to do was I ended up getting a 20-foot trailer and getting an 8-foot porch on the back. And I end up putting a 500-gallon smoke on the back. So not only will I be able to serve meat, but i also be able to cook meat on site and then get ready for the next wave of folks to come through. Because I believe you eat with your eyes and your nose first. Because if it look good and it smell good, you know it's going to taste good. Yep, that is, that is, that is very true. Um, people do definitely eat with their eyes. And it is one of those things when you, uh, when you look at food and if it looks good it makes you more hungry. Um, and if it doesn't look good, most people are like, I guess I'll try it. Exactly. <laughs> See, my whole deal was this, you know, I love everybody has their own little concept, but my concept was being from West Tennessee, I got to offer something that other barbecue joints or the barbecue consistent trailer not going to be able to have. Yep. So I primarily started serving beef and beef ribs. A lot of cats in my area, which is Nashville, Tennessee, they primarily deal with pork, chicken, and other poultries as as far as, you know, turkey or, you know what I'm saying, even deer. I mean, they, I even hear people barbecue deer now, you know what I'm saying, just trying to 
change up the scenario as far as the what people have to offer here. But my thing is, I was always raised up on cooking pork, and then we always, as far as beef, we did the um, the Korean style short ribs. Okay. But nobody, nobody ever done short plate ribs. So when I start to offer my short plate ribs, not only did the actual size of the bone entice folks, but the actual texture of the bone and, and them seeing the way that the overall meat looks and smells, man, it separated myself from the other concessions. Now, how hard was that to source at the beginning? Oh, it. Really, it was just a matter of contacting the right folks to see if I can find it locally, which I could. Now, my deal is I won't go if the product is not consistent. That's the, yep. that, I mean, that, that's basically with anything. If you can't find consistency in what you're doing, then you need to hunt down some type of consistency as far as if you're going to serve food to the public. And my thing is... If I couldn't get a consistent product, then I had to outsource outside of my city where I can find it. Now, for right now, I've been able to, let's just say, stock up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if y'all haven't seen it lately, you know, we, we just purchased another, which we call a meat keeper, which is basically a meat locker. Uh, this, this past uh, November, we cooked for uh, the homeless in what we call Gobble Gobble Give. And uh, a partner and I, we cook, well, I basically cook. 42 shoulders, pork shoulders, uh, anywhere between 8 and 12 pounds per shoulder. We cooked 40 pork shoulders this past Ooh. November with Thanksgiving. But we did that for the for the homeless. So my thing is by getting that taken care of, it let me know how much meat I can store on a weekly basis. Yep. Yep. And I mean, that's a, that's a lot of meat right there. That is a lot, a lot of meat. Man, 40 pork shoulders from where I'm started. If anyone knew my story, I started with an Oklahoma Joe smoker. You know, at the most, I could do six pork shoulders at one time on my smoker. Now I can do upwards of like 26, almost 28 with the smoker I have right now. So it's, you know, I don't have to use multiple smokers. It was like an orchestra at one time. You learn how to check your temps and check your fires, and it kept you busy. So oh, yeah, my thing is with, yeah, right? yeah, I mean, I loved it because, you know, I was outside with the smokers, you know, I was hanging in the elements in Nashville. We get some cold spells, but I deal with the me being out there with it. I was able to tend to my meat. And if I had any instant temperature drops, I can know where those cases are coming from. But now me having to dial back to where I really have to focus on one fire it still allowed me to put out the volume of food that I want to put out, but still keep the same consistency that I had when I was doing with my Oklahoma Joe's. Cause I want you to taste that same backyard taste that you getting from your friends. If you're free, if you go, if you got that one friend, you're like, man, look, I know if we go on barbecue, we got to go to his barbecue. That's the same kind of consistency I want to put out on my trailer. Cause I want folks to understand, look, I love everything I'm doing, you know, and I'm not doing it just to put a, 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 a roof over my head, which I am. But I'm not going to serve you something that I will not serve my grandmother. And yeah. my grandmother just recently passed. Rest in peace. Bless her soul. And she knew if I was cooking, she was going to eat my cooking. You know, you can ask anyone in my family if Terrence is cooking, if Big Perm is cooking. Oh, yeah, grandma getting some food. So if I can't prepare something that I know is good enough to feed my family, I have no business 
serving food to you and yours. I I can totally agree with you. I mean, it's one of those things where um, it does start to struggle. Now, I can see how some restaurants do have that, like, listen, sometimes it is, it's going to, might be a little bit different. And I think that's when some people do freak out, you know, and they're like, well, I can cook a better brisket in my backyard. And it's like, yeah, but you're cooking one brisket. (laughs) Yeah. Compared to somebody that's cooking maybe 42 to there and there's 60 briskets. You know what I mean? The thing is, they don't understand as well. You know, those, those same 10 to maybe 15 seasons that you're using, all those seasons have costs. So when I'm putting those seasonings in, I want y'all to understand that either I'm giving up a cost or I'm doing my best not to pass that cost on because I want you to not only experience that food, but that experience as well what barbecue was intended to be. And I I think that is, um, I think you hit a good nail on the head right there is, Either I'm passing on the cost to you or I'm eating the cost. And a lot of times, I mean, let's be honest, the the consumer gets the cost passed on to them. That's just right. how it is. Right. Uh, we're kind of almost some, used to that in life. Yeah, yeah. But some things you can't pass along, you know. Very true. You can pay, you, you can pay a guy like 15 16 or even 18 to $25 an hour to cook a shoulder, to cook a brisket, but how much can you really pay him for the experience? You know, for the experience he gets to know, like, okay, after my sixth or after my seventh hour, I know I need to wrap this brisket this particular way for the fat to continue to break down. How much is that knowledge worth? How much can you put that price, that, that experience on? Because not only if it's like a kid that comes there to work and say, you know, this may be my summer job or this something that, you know, this is a family friend that he said, hey, here's a way you can make extra money. Yep. You can use yep. those same experiences later on in life and educate somebody else that doesn't know the proper technique to cook that particular type of food. Once they get that type of experience, that has no price on it. It is sheerly priceless. I, I think I think that's one of the hardest things that um, restaurateurs and people that are going into catering, people that are going into – barbecue as as a profession guys uh we're, we're talking about not just being in the backyard i can it's even hard to even teach some of the backyard guys you know what i mean but when you start going into consi- having consistency and going into a restaurant style if your best friend says listen big parm's got the best beef ribs around period right he, you got to go to his, you know, you got to go to his trailer. He's going to hook you up. You're going to get the best beef ribs possible there. Now, your beef ribs have to stand up to that every True. single time. Now, True. but once you start getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, you need to start, you know, delegating different things to different people. Unfortunately, everything cannot go through your hands. It's just not possible. True. Um, but that's when you have to start educating, you have to start teaching, and you have to start you have to start having them basically feel the same way you feel. It's true, but see the thing is, you can't find someone to have the same amount of passion you have that's something that's your own. Oh, never. No matter no matter how you treat whatever either it's material items or or what you hold dear, 
someone's not going to have the same type of respect and the same type of care that you're going to have for what is your own. So what the best thing you can do is you can limit to how much hands-on that you will have. But certain things, you have to have a certain level of quality control to say, hey, if it doesn't meet this standard, it just don't go. Because you have to, you have to, it's basically teaching somebody principle, you know. But that's the one thing with this barbecue game. You can't cheat it. No matter what you do, you you can say what you want to say, but the product's going to show you if you cheating or not. You know what I'm saying? You know, you you can maybe dabble or dabble around and get around a couple of things, but but in the long run, it's going to show itself. You know, we're going to see, you know, I see barbecue is hot right now. Barbecue hot been, been hot for like last five, maybe six years. But in yeah. the long term, you're going to see those people that been in business for like 10, 15, 25, maybe even 30 years. Those are the people that stood firm in their staples that they know that that area wanted and needed and at the price point that they could afford. All the people that want to become the niche barbecue people because that's the niche they need to be fed, you can do that. But the only thing is, if your end game is a money game, you won't last. And that's a guarantee because the real people that live in the barbecue community that know the truth about, hey, this is what this is going to cost you. Here's what this is worth. Here's the time and experience that I'm putting into this. They going to be able to weed out whatever you do. You know what I'm saying? If it's not really about being uplifting in the barbecue community. Because, I mean, it's just like anything in life. You can tell what's true. You can tell if people have alternative intentions and motives. But the thing with the barbecue is you have to put in the time. And that's something that's irreplaceable. Dollars, you can replace it, but that time, you cannot replace time. And I put more value on my time than a dollar because my time is more valuable than a dollar. You can make money back. You can't make time back. And when you get a time machine, you come holler at me and let me know because it's a lot of time that I wish I could get back. That is very I, – I, I can definitely agree with you on that. Um, time is time is, is very precious. You can't get it back. It's just It's just not possible. And when you start wasting time, that's when it becomes real. That's when it just becomes real bad. Is that? And I think that um, with the way you kind of cook, you're a low and slow kind of cooker. Um, some people would say, you know what? Well, I, I can get I can get a product that's a, that's about the same, going a little bit hotter and faster. So what do you say to that? But see, those are the people that. If you do the same product over and over again, you're either going to pass that buck alone as far as the type of product that you're going to have to use to get that same yield for a lesser product, or you're going to invest that time because you're going to end up, let's just say, for instance, let's just use, for example, Aaron Franklin, uh, uh, Mike Mills, let's just say, Who's another barbecue joint? A uh, 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 Brian Furman out of Atlanta. Those are staples that's, that's going to be there, and they, and they're not using a lot of hot and fast on a lot of anything that they're producing because they know hot and fast. You have minimum, if almost zero, margin of error, and you can't do that with barbecue unless you're standing over there 
all the time. That's the reason why a lot of people like, man, look, when I cook my wings, they're like, how your wings come out so good? I can't see how you do it. Because I don't walk away from my grill. When you got stuff on direct heat and you run the stuff at high temps, you have to babysit whatever apparatus that you're cooking with. Because if not, you can screw up so much product. That's very true. I mean, I, w- I will say that is a, that is a very true. You're going direct heat. You're going hotter, faster. You're cooking in your 350s, 375, 400 degrees. Um, <clears throat> you got to pay attention to that stuff. You will burn it up real quick if you uh, if you kind of get distracted or if you are trying to juggle too many cookers. Uh- <laughs> and this reason why this reason why I'm like if you if you want to go hot and fast. That comes with experience. You can't do that with a, I'm not even saying a young individual, an individual that does not have that amount of experience to know that, hey, with higher temps comes shorter cook times, depending on the volume of meat that I'm cooking with. If you don't know that, you cannot imagine how much just time as well as money, as well as product that you have to just discard. And that's, and that's, and that's what we're not trying to do. We're trying to take our time and give our best product of what we have to give to you. This is a representation of myself and the area that I come from. So I'm going to put enough care and respect and time into what I'm doing to show you how much I care about what I'm serving to you. It's, this is not just like, hey, man, look, I got some extra time on my hands. I'm going to cook this. No, this is me saying, hey, look. I'm going to take my time and put this pork shoulder in this smoker and sit here and baby it for the next eight hours to make sure if I break it down, I can break this shoulder down with one hand and I can show you how easily you can do the exact same thing if you are willing to learn. You know, that's how much time is invested in people like me, short and fast. I got I ain't got that kind of time. Then this may not be the thing for you, because if you want a barbecue, it's going to take time, whether it's long or short. It's just a matter of what you invest is what you're going to get out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even even if you go hot and fast on a shoulder, I mean, you're still going five, six hours. You know? you know, I mean, that depends on how much the shoulder weighs as well. Yeah, of, of course. Yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking like a 10-pound shoulder. Um, I don't really like cooking, cooking too much smaller than that. <laughs> I mean, but see, exactly, but see, you got to think about restaurants or concession trailers because they're cooking in volume. Yep. Well, I can't think about shorting. Like a lot of people, look, I can't knock someone and they use a propane-based uh, stick burner because that shows me they're not willing to invest that man time into sitting in front of a smoker and make sure those temps don't alter to the, pro- the point it affects your product. So that shows me when I'm willing to do that, that shows me how much better my product should come out. Yep. I mean, you care for the product. You love the product a little bit more. Um, not saying that, you know, people that use, use those, uh, use, you know, um, propane. The other assist. type of smoke. They, yeah. They just value their time in a different way. Well, I mean, I think, I think some of it comes down to a lot of those guys don't want to do the payroll for that. You know what I mean? Um, if they have two or three different restaurants or if they're trying to start um, – if, if, if you start going into like barbecue chains or or restaurants that have more than one location, um, I can only be at one location at a time. And if I'm the only one good enough to you can't regulate be. See, that see, temperature – See, that's the deal. You can't be. 
Because if you open it up more than one at one time, that means you either going to have to be at two places at one time or you haven't have enough confidence in the next person to be able to put out the same type of product that you will. If you don't, you have no business opening up a second one because guess what? Either one or both of them will fail. I, I will I will agree with you on that, but I, I do think when they just just – Bear with me here. The the when they do start opening up numerous locations, and they do believe the the pitmaster can do that. I think they just don't want to front that payroll for the other for the other restaurants. So that's why a lot of them do go to gas assist just to cut. And that's that, why you know. And that's why a lot of people are like, okay, I'll use that option. Then I, what would you prefer as a consumer? Would you could prefer an individual that is in front of a smoker? that has enough education and enough talent to manage that fire and the smoke, or would you prefer to go to a gas or a propane-driven barbecue joint? I know what I prefer, but you know. I mean, but no, if you ask anyone, if you ask anyone if they rather cook on charcoal than gas, they say, hey, it's a matter of consistency. And then they'll tell you also it's a matter of what you're cooking and a matter of who's cooking. Yeah. So I can, I mean, anybody can cook ribs on a gas grill. It's just a matter of do you have that proper technique to do it in the same fashion if you would a smoker, but you're not going to get the same flavor as you would or wood or charcoal. Those those two things are unique. You, I mean, you can try to replicate it, but you can't duplicate it. Yes. I I am a firm believer in that, and I, I think that's one of the hard things for me to for me to swallow when when you go to other types of barbecue it's just not it doesn't give me that smoke flavored that i want that like i crave that i get from charcoal or from real wood and i mean even to the point where it's like real wood is really i mean you can't duplicate that you just can't, no. you can't duplicate a stick you take you hold the stick you look at it it, it it's just not going to it gives out a different amount of smoke than even charcoal does and Yes, you could go to like your fogos and your lump charcoals, and I do use that. Um, I, bur- I I usually pretty much strictly cook over you know fogo when I cook in the eggs, but it's one of those things where that's giving me the best consistency for what I'm looking for. But you can't go to that in like a stick burner or even like the mixin, the big water cooker. I mean, you just can't do it. You need you need those sticks. I mean, you can use those as bases. Because, see, of the course. thing is, like, with the Fogo of charcoal, course. but, see, a lot of people don't understand those are clean burns. I mean, you can use those as far as clean burns, but as far as gas, the gas, the gas will doesn't... I hate to sound like I'm a, a diggummy scientist. It doesn't have the same chemical makeup. Yep. It just doesn't. It burns off differently. Yeah, absolutely. So, so your taste buds are going to react to it differently. I would agree. I would agree. I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna be a different flavor profile, right? Correct. I guess it just depends on what you're looking for. Now, I do understand why a lot of guys do it in competition barbecue and stuff like that, and that's because they're going for that super consistent um, flavor profile that they're trying to hit, and they're also trying to eliminate one part. Of this, not they're not. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it. They're, they're trying to eliminate one part of the steps, but they're trying to eliminate something that they have to like freak out about. Um, it's just one less thing to worry about. I'll put it that way. Well, fire management, yeah, but ain't that the basis of cooking over a barbecue? Ain't that fire? Hey, man, you said it. <laughs> I already get enough shit. I, 
I mean, look, dude. I, I have you no know, you know that with anybody. Come on, I, I'm come serious. On. I have no force with anybody, but my thing is, but that's that's the primary basis of barbecue. I I, mean, any kind of any kind of smoke, anything, it it needs some kind of ignition, a plane, of course. And I I will agree with you. And and if we go down this dark hole, we have to be brothers here, and we have to stick together (laughs) because I already get enough hate mail from it. And I'm already probably caught, people already fucking hate me enough for it. Let's be honest. Oh, you know I'm right. Don't don't don't. Act. I know, man. Look 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 look. I have like I said, I have no quarrels. If that's how you want to cook, I'm cool with that. Because guess what? It's your money. You're paying for it. Sure. But yeah. my thing is this: the way I was raised, the way I grew up in West Tennessee, Brownsville to be exact, we was taught to cook over fire. We truly were. And I mean, I, there were there was no other way. And I don't think you can get a better product. I mean, it's been great for me so far. I mean, I don't have any problems with where I am right now. I know next year is going to be a wonderful year. I mean, is just I mean, where I am right now is where I need to be, and I can't be upset about where I am right now as far as you know the growth of my business because it's growing exponentially, and I can't be even happier. But my thing is this, I will not, my, my wife looks at me and said, golly, you know, there's some things that you won't break on. And I'm like, barbecue is that one thing. I mean, but it that's was the way. So great. Was that's so fantastic. You know what I mean? And when she says that to you, be like, you know, it, it it's my love for you and barbecue. You know what yeah. I mean? You can kind of twist it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, she, she knows that first and foremost, but she knows the way, you know, the way I feel about cooking and presenting certain things, I feel it, it's an extension of myself. And I will not shortchange anyone. I mean, absolutely anyone. If I feel like I'm a cookie, you know, even if it takes an extended period of time, you know, I refuse to give someone an inferior product that I know is not the best I can put out. Hey, I, 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 agree I have to have that standard. I, I am the same way. I, I agree with you. Um, we, we, uh, we went into, I'm in, I'm in the barbecue, fully into the barbecue business now. And, um, it, it is one of those things where I just, I will not put out a, a worse, I won't put out a worse product to save a buck. It's just not worth it. Um, now I will, I will say that I do find it funny that, um, I've been, you know, we cook, we, we offer a little bit different of, of array of, of, um, of menu items, right? So we do mm-hmm. offer Wagyu briskets if you okay. would like to go that route. And I, it's insane how much quicker those damn things cook than like primes. I, oh, I swear it's just insane how much quicker. And I, I always have to almost remind myself that I'm cooking a Wagyu brisket when I am to not deviate from the steps of cooking that Wagyu brisket and treating the meat the way it needs to be treated, right? And not being like, okay, I'm cooking this prime brisket. And every once in a while, I'll just, like, in a way, like, in my head, I'll just somehow, you know, I'm cooking a bunch of different stuff. I got the, I got, I put a Wagyu brisket on and I'll temp it and I'll be like, holy shit, why is this going so fast? <laughs> I mean, that's the great thing about, I guess, it can show you the chemical makeup of like any animal. The way you treat it, the better you treat it, the better off it'll be. It'll cook better, faster. I mean, 
I have the the luxury of cooking like with great poultry down here, great great hogs and pigs. You know, we're right down the street from one of the the greatest like pig dealers, you know, saying the U.S. So for me to for me to understand that that is so cool because it shows you what you put in your body can be. I mean, you can either put trash or you can put like the creme de la creme. But you, you're going to have a price point. What are people willing to spend? That's another hard part, man. I mean, how was how was pricing for you? At first, uh, I know it's something that I struggled with when we were putting together our menu and pricing. Only because, like, I'm always, like, I want to give the best product at the fairest price to the consumer. And at the same time, I have a business partner. And, you know, he not that he doesn't want to do the exact same thing, but... He will, you know, sometimes he has to be the voice of reason and be like, hey, bro, we got to bump that up a dollar. And I'm like, "Okay, cool. You know, whatever. That's fine. And I I usually let him I let him do the business end and I cook. But um, it is one. It can be one of those things sometimes where, like you said, it's what is somebody willing to pay for? You know, are you are you willing to 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 pay for a Wagyu brisket? Some people won't. Some people aren't willing to pay that extra price. True. Very true. Um, when you guys I'm more or less like, well, my thing is this. Certain items I treat as market price because on like things like salmon, the whole fillets, they flux as far as price. Uh, even my beef ribs at one point, they flex in price before I was able to get hold of a stable provider. Um those things like that that does have like a crazy fluctuation in price i have to treat those as market price items but things as far as like uh anything as far as pig related uh whether it be shoulder pork ribs pork loin or any other type any other type of the hog itself i pretty much have a set price as well as poultry um other things as far as like menu items my wife is crazy as far as his menu is concerned our menu kind of rotates as far as the seasons go we have a spring summer and a fall menu we just don't have winter because a lot of winters i would do a lot of winter catering as far as holiday parties our thing is like we in in the fall time we really serve a lot of heartier foods that don't you can use a lot of large proteins to fill that up so it doesn't hurt your price point Yep. Now, with stuff like um, if you order, let's just say, 20 slabs of ribs, something like that, if you can get a good hog provider, you can get a set price point no matter what time of the year. Yeah. You can kind of get locked in and say, hey, you know, here's the, the type of business and the volume that we're doing. I mean, what are the numbers that we're looking at? And then they can be honest with you or you can know that they're being honest and you can move elsewhere. Yeah, but and as I mean, sometimes market price does does hit you hard. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, if people are able to see the quality of product that you're that they're getting routinely, they're they're okay with it as long as they don't feel like they're being shortchanged in any manner. Because I know the same prices that I'm getting in Tennessee are nowhere near going to be the same prices that I get in New York. But I have to understand that you know certain things they're not readily available here, there. Yes, absolutely. Well, so I understand there's there's something that goes with that. And rent rent is a little bit different. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've eaten out in New York City with like four people, and I almost paid like two house nerds. And it was crazy. I'm like, okay, I won't do that ever again. 
But that's a whole other story. But, I mean, you know, that comes with the business. Once people see that you're different from other people in that same service that you're providing and they see the quality of the food, then they understand what price point that you're allowing them. You know what I'm saying? They have to pay because they're going to see the quality is different. And they're going to be willing to pay that. long as you keep up with the consistency of the type of product that you're putting out, they'll understand like, hey, look, I know I'm going to have a better product if I go to Perm or Zillow's Pit Barbecue that are going to go to X, Y, and Z because this product is going to taste better. It's going to either last longer. If I have to reheat it, I'm going to have a better all-around turnaround. So I know it's worth it. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's one of those things where like you know – if you're going to a, a place that may charge a little bit more, but you know the product is worth it, a lot of people don't have a problem paying it. Yeah, but I mean, because you can either get, like, grocery store sushi or you can go out to the restaurant, but you know you know the difference between the two. You know, you know you're going to pay a little bit more if you go to the restaurant because the product is going to be fresher and you're going to get a better quality overall experience. And then you can go to the grocery store, but you know, I mean, you're getting what you're paying for. You're getting maybe a $10 roll. But, I mean, it is what it is. You're also having somebody that's trained completely different cut it. Uh, Absolutely. You know what I mean? That that's a, that's a huge, huge, huge thing. Correct. You Correct. know, a, a, a different per uh, somebody that that is that is trained differently, or that is that is more prepared, or that is um, has more years under their belt. Is they're just gonna do a better job. Um, at least for the, for the most part, not, that's not always the case. Don't, don't take that as truth or as, as like, you know, religion right there. But I mean, usually you're more experienced pitmaster. If something messes up, they have seen it or they have lived it and they know how to combat it where some people, you know, when you're, when you're younger in the game and that's just in general, in life in general, when you're younger, you tend to react a little different. True. Because you act, um, once you encounter different, I don't want to say catastrophes, once you encounter different situations, you can say, okay, I can refer back to this instance and I can pull from that. And then I know what I need to do to make this come out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. And, uh, I, I will, I will definitely agree with you on that one, man. I will definitely agree. So now you, you had, you, I, I want to talk about this menu. Why did you guys choose to go with three different menus? Uh, seasonal uh, is great because in the springtime we go with like little heartier menus. You know, some stuff. Uh, as far as we have menu staples, uh, pork shoulders a staple, our shoulder sandwiches, a brisket's a staple, brisket sandwiches. But as far as you know, my wife's a classically trained chef, correct? <laughs> oh, I did not know that. Okay, the plot thickens. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it will it will allow us to, um, as far as our sides are concerned, we can change our sides. Uh, the, yeah. the price point will be just similar. Uh, I won't say exact same, but it'll be fairly close, uh, maybe a dollar or so off. But the thing is, once summertime comes around, it will allow us to cater our tailor our catering menu to everyone. You know, we don't want to seem like the type of barbecue joint that's like, hey, we're going to hit you over the head with crazy high pricing. We want to be able to say, hey, we're going to give barbecue back to the people that 
you know, it should be for, and it's the everyday working individual. You know, you should be able to go out, have a beer, either eat a burger or have a pulled pork sandwich or get some nice chicken or whatever your kick may be and not feel like you're breaking the bank. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, and I, I think good barbecue won't break the bank. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, it's uh, it's some barbecue. Like you said, you know, a lot of people get the Wagyu or you get the dry aged beef. So, yep. you know, if you want to go, if you want to go that route, it's there for you. But we want to give you some some memorable barbecue. You can say, hey, if I was in that town, I would go back there again. Yeah, I, I can agree with you on that. It, it's it's all about that consistency that that wanting to come back and and loving that loving what you're doing. You know, and I think the people that have that consistency just it, it just happens. And I think when people see that you like what you do, it's infectious. You know, they want to they want to either be a part of it, or you know, what I'm saying they know that the food that you cook, you know, you enjoy cooking it. You know, you I mean, anybody can cook, but I mean, do you want to cook, or is it a necessity? That's the thing between myself and uh, maybe a lot of other individuals that cook because when I cook, I cook because I want to cook. I mean, I cook every day, but when I cook barbecue, it's because I want to cook those specific foods. And then let's just say I'm cooking a uh, 32 a 32-ounce steak. I mean, a nice tomahawk yeah. to share with my wife. Is it. So, if I want to cook something like that, it's because I had a passion to say, okay, here's how I saw it turning out, and I'm my job is to fulfill how I see that. And then even if it doesn't happen, that means I have enough room to say, okay, here's what I need to go back and tweak it to get it. And that's the whole passion about barbecue is to continue to try to evolve and, and be happy with what you do and not only evolve, make yourself better. You know, just don't be in the middle of just – cooking just to be cooking just to make sure you have something to eat make sure what you're putting in your body is worth you spending that time to cook it i agree i mean i totally agree with that shit oh man yeah absolutely it, it, it's if, if you're gonna i mean if you use i mean if you use and that's here's a here's the hard thing for me because i was going to say if you use like inferior product and i don't want to use that exact word but if you use a lower cut lower lower type of product usually it's going to be a little bit harder to cook and like that's where i struggle with barbecue in the sense that um i mean that's kind of how barbecue started you know what i mean is it was lower product right but over time it's grown and it's changed and I, I think that's one of the things that I want to dive into on this part of the podcast because I, I think I, I'm gonna we're gonna enjoy having this part of the conversation. Is what do you kind of see is coming next for for barbecue? I feel like barbecue fusions are gonna be a very very big thing. They already kind of are for those of us that are kind of at the front of the game, but for those people who aren't paying attention to barbecue that much yet. Um, I feel like barbecue fusions are really going to start bringing other people into barbecue and it's going to change the food game. I agree. I really do agree. And, and in a, in a way barbecue, like you said, it's been infused in a lot of other methods of cooking. The thing is, is you just, 
the spotlight will be shined so much brighter and it will show the different methods of, I mean, there's countless ways of pro, of preparing not only proteins, but vegetables and fruits over, over open fire, not only open fire, but smoke techniques, because can you imagine the number of just trees in the world? I mean, just different types of trees that you can cook with. I mean, in Australia, it's amazing. I haven't been, but I had a lot of cats come up here. Like, I I feel like you were like, when you said that I was about to be like, you know, you got the boys from Australia. Like the smoking joint was just up here. I don't know if you, yeah. Yeah. Do you hang out with those boys? Those guys are crazy. I love them. Uh, oh yeah, we hung out with them uh, at the Jack Daniels yep. uh, invitation, and we also hang out with the barbecue mafia too. Yeah, dude, they're they're fucking great dudes. But it's one of those things where, like, one of the biggest things that they they said they're like the profile's different because our wood is different, and and it's yeah. very true. Like the wood puts out a different type of smoke, and it's it's just like depending on the type of wood that you use. Like me, I have a lot of oak wood around me, oak and cherry, so. My flavor profiles tend to go to oak, tend to go towards oak and cherry because it is what is readily available to me. When you right. are down in Texas, post post oak can be readily available. Oh, mesquite is available. Mesquite's like huge. You yeah. got you know you go down to Georgia. You got you got uh, people cooking on peach wood. You go right. to, you go to Tennessee. You got um, Tennessee's got a lot yeah. of oak. And you guys we got, got a lot of cherry. Hickory. Oh, hickory is our primary deal. Hickory, is it? Okay. Cherry, hickory, cherry, and um, we we do have oak as well. Yes. Yeah. So you know what I mean? And it's each little region. Wood is readily available, or which wood is readily available? That is what actually helps create that flavor profile of that type of barbecue. Well, not only that, but the spices in that region as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think what, what people tend to forget is, like I said, that wood is a flavor profile. You have to make sure that you're, you're, you're using it as almost a spice. And then the other thing that people don't think about, like we got better when we were, you know, talking about earlier, if I'm using that wood as a flavor profile, that means you have to be using that gas as a flavor profile also. True, right? but see the thing with gas is it should burn a cleaner flame. It should. I yes. mean, it, do, it does give off an odor. That is, hey, that's any kind of flame gives off some type of an odor. Yes, because you have carbon monoxide and all this stuff all put. So yeah, it has to give off an odor. But I'm just saying, like you know what I mean? Uh, it doesn't get. It doesn't give off such a strong flavor profile, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just not there. No the combustion no, no. is there. It's just not there. Burn. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it depends on the temperature it burning. If it's burning at a high temp, then it's almost invisible. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah that is very true. And I think it's very interesting that you kind of said it that way. And I think I think the big thing for barbecue, like I said, is the fusions. I think that's going to be huge. Like your your wife is classically trained. You can't tell me that she's not trying to put in French cooking into barbecue. Well, I don't know if it's French cooking, uh, she, she, yeah, I might as well say she's been doing something with some sides, man. Cause she was, uh, she done her internship in Louisiana. So yeah, there's some French influences going to be coming somewhere in there. I believe I know it's in our fall menu. Absolutely. But see, <laughs> there's the nothing wrong. I don't, and I don't think else. there's anything wrong with that. No, no, it's absolutely nothing wrong with that because, um, 
the the way that the actual proteins or whatever protein that I'm using in whatever stews or soups that we're using at that time of year, it enhances the flavor of that particular dish in that manner. It just depends on how we're cooking it. And I mean, I mean, it's anything with with fire that flavor, you know, you transform a dish as far as the flavor profile. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there is nothing that I'm not trying to cook in a smoker. No. no. <laughs> you know what now, I mean? I, like, do, I do got one holder. I do got one holder. So I, I got to stop. I got to stop the whole podcast because I got to really put this out. Okay. Go for it. All right. The whole time I've been cooking, I've been cooking since I've been 16. So that's since 1994. And not until maybe four years ago. In the barbecue time I've been cooking, have I heard somebody said better? Ever. We never said better in the barbecue industry. So we always said different. So if I ever hear anybody say, hey, man, I heard this guy's barbecue is better, I'm going to stop him. Because, you know, in the beauty about barbecue is no one's barbecue is the same. Very true. No one's barbecue is the same. So if you want to, a lot of people go in competition like, man, I, I got ranked this, I got ranked that. I'm like, look, man, they just like this individual barbecue a little bit better than theirs. But, but not everyone's taste buds are the same also. Exactly. It's different. That's why I say it's different. Yeah. You can be trained on how you should taste anything. But if I like sweet and you like sour, we're not going to like the same. That's true. So I don't like the word better. I'm like, man, when when I come around to people and they talk about the barbecue and how much they love, I the might barbecue. steal this though. That's I'm cool. not gonna lie to you. I like, like this. I'm, I might steal this 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 train of thought. I, I think yeah. I'm gonna implement it into my life because it, it's it's definitely something that I, I. It's not that I haven't thought of that kind of concept before, but I like the way you're put. I like the way you're saying it. Yeah, because a lot of people are like, man, you know, I think this guy barbecue is better. I'm like, well, what makes it better? Because he does this or he does that to it. I say, so okay, but you like what that if flavor I... profile. Exactly. So what if I do the same thing? Is mine better? If we go and we use the exact same techniques, methods, and everything, would mine be better? If I cook it on my apparatus, would it be better? There is no way to differentiate better. It's different. And that's what makes barbecue beautiful because I can cook however I want to cook. As long as it's not burnt and it's not unedible, we're good. I'm not going to serve you anything that I can't serve my grandmother. I promise you that. But see, the thing is, people talk about, man, my food is better or, man, my food wasn't at its best. I'm like, no, man, your food is just different. You know, they may not like it or Somebody else may not like it, but I'm sure there's a group of individuals that love your food. Now, here, here's the one thing that I will say. I think that's when, when you start getting into that hardness of, um, you know, this is better, that's better, blah, 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 blah. You saying like, well, if I cooked it that way, would it be better? Not always, because, or maybe, but it also has to deal with everyone cooks a little bit differently. Exactly. No, there's no, there's not, there's no cooker that's like, I can give you all my recipes, right? And I can tell you exactly to a T 
what but it, it won't is. Be the same. But it, it ain't gonna be. be it's just not gonna be the same. No, I promise you, because the time and the experience and the methods alone will be absolutely different. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's just, but there's nothing you can do. That's the reason why I don't say better. <laughs> Because it's different. That doesn't mean it's bad, you know. I love people that do something that's that's not in the mainstream, that's unique. You know what I'm saying? That breaks off, that shows, hey, you can do something different and still be looked at, you know, as you need. I mean, do your own thing, be in your own lane, provide something that no one's seen before. Yeah. I mean, do 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 you, right? Correct. And then eventually... It's only either- one you... And then eventually either people are going to love you or they're going to hate you. One or the other. It ain't, you know, and and if, as long as you do you, though, then you, I mean, I can sleep at night. Then, I mean, what regrets are you going to truly have? Even though you, you gave your complete effort and put your everything into that one task. You can see, like, hey, look, I know where I stand. Yeah. Like I, I, I just, I hear, you know, I know, I know I put my best, best cook out there and I know I, I, man, we all have bad days. Let's be honest. All of us have, have, can have bad days in cooking barbecue and shit happens. You know what I mean? Like one of my, one of my favorite places to go get barbecue. The last time I went, I mean, man, it wasn't so hot. It just, it, what it didn't, it didn't hit those taste buds that I, that, you know, I was so used to hitting. And, you know uh, what my yep. I hate to cut you out. My wife, my wife um, criticized me. She like, you can't you can't tell people you're gonna you do a pop up and then your cook don't go good. Then you cancel it. And I'm like, yes, I can, because you want to know why? Because I refuse to put out inferior inferior product. And I want people to understand this. I'm not gonna sit here and settle for anything. If anybody knows anything about me, they'll know I'd rather give you my everything than give you nothing at all because it represents me. It's a legacy that you put out. It's an image that people are going to look at you and they're going to say, this guy is willing to put out inferior product. And that's not what I'm going to stand for. I never put out inferior product. I will, every once in a while, I will get a bad cook and it may not be, it'll, you know, It'll be it'll be amazing product. I mean, I mean, some of my worst barbecue can beat a lot of, you know what I mean? It, it can, it's, I it's it. a, you know, it's some badass barbecue. Okay, but, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Okay, you say even though you know that wasn't your best cook, but you know that's a great cook, correct? Yeah. I won't go anything. I won't go lower than that. Okay. That we don't. Same, we, we have a threshold, same, right? You know what I okay. mean? No, no, no. I understand. I understand. Okay. Yeah. The same person that's never tried your barbecue and trying your barbecue for the first time, would you want that to be their last experience of you and your cook if you think that wasn't your best cook? Man, of course not, which is it, – it, it's it's a struggle, I know. But see, that's my thing. A lot of people are willing to give up that 80% just to have the 20 you know what I'm saying? But then you think back, those same people that know other people are going to give the same impression about oh, absolutely. you. Absolutely. That's the reason why I'm not willing to sacrifice that because my name and my legacy is the only thing I have left to give. And my people know my barbecue is part of that. And I'm not finna put out inferior products because I'm put if I'm putting my effort into it, I'm putting my all into it. Yeah. I don't have that time to waste. 
Time, like I said, time is more valuable than money. You can make a million dollars and lose a million dollars in the same day. But guess what? You don't get that day back. That's true. That's true, which which is why I feel like a lot of people don't look, you know, you have those those stupid memes like where they're like, you know, blah, blah, blah was deposited in your bank account every single day. What would you do with it? That's how many seconds you have in your day. Like, I kind of hate the way people look at it that way. And I understand that you can't have that back and it gets regenerated every day. But I think that's a weird look way, way to look at it where it's like, oh, well, today kind of sucked. Oh, well, tomorrow I got to, you know, it, it's regenerated. It's not regenerated, man. It's going to nope. be, it's got to, it's got to be a continuous flow of energy. And that's the way I look at it. If, if I start putting things into positivity and I start pushing towards positive and we're going towards positive, then why would I want to put some kind of, why would I want to like basically hold up for negative? Exactly. No, but see, that's, sense. <laughs> but see, that's the reason why I'm like, a lot of people like, man, look, I want you to be father in your barbecue game perm, but I understand you taking your time, but they know every time I either cater event for them or I go out in public, they know what to expect as far as my product. And they now, know they expect as far as my as far as my customer service because I'm not gonna just cook and be like you know what I'm dead dog tired you know I can't do look man look I you love the game face on man no it's not it's not just the game I love interacting with people and know they enjoy the effort that I'm putting in to make sure that they get something worth spending their money it almost you know what I feel like. What you just said is, I mean, it's so true. It's like, you, man, you, you're tired after a cook. Don't get us wrong. Long cook. But then when they come out and they start trying that food and you see their smiles, it re-energizes you. It's almost yeah. like, it's almost like they took the nap for you. Yeah. Right? That's, at least that's how I feel. It's you like, shit, dude, the, I can keep going. Dude, you want to know the funniest story I ever had? I'm not going to say who it was for, but I did a... A catering for a music artist. Now, I took them some food, put it on display in their kitchen. And the first thing one of the guys said, man, look, it looked exactly like your photos on social media. And to a point, I was like, I was surprised. But then I got to thinking, people got accustomed to like big chain stores showing you commercials with fantastic looking food and then you open the box it look like garbage so I mean, why big would you change, shit i mean when's the last time you saw a big mac <laughs> like a big exactly mac. so why so i had to think i'm like okay for the first time he is seeing something that is actually what it intended to look like the and advertising tastes, is real it's and not it tastes exactly yeah like you you should that's what you should be paying for I feel I feel you, dude, and that's the hard thing is it doesn't always happen that way. I know, but see, that's why I want people to understand that that's where my principles are. I'm not going to give you something like I said. You're going to hear this about two, three times or even four, five times. I'm not going to serve you something that I'm not willing to sell my own grandmother. I won't do it. I just won't because I love her to death. Now, man, man, I won't do it. Now here, let me ask you this question, and this is going to be a hard question because I feel like we have an internal struggle as a barbecue person. When you try, I feel like even when it's like, when I'm like, dude, I hit everything on point, Mm -hmm. you ever feel like, man, but I could have done a little bit better. 
Like you, you always, always, you always push no, no, you yourself always a little bit more. You supposed to. If you don't, you come complacent, and then you lose. You supposed to push your threshold to want to be better. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. No, and I just think that like no, it's so hard. I think I think it's it's almost like an internal struggle where you're like, dude, I just put out some of the best barbecue. But I could have made it. And then when people are like, oh, isn't it amazing? Like, in my head, then I'm like, then I start, like, going through, like, no, shit, no, I could have made it better. But see, the thing is, if they think it's amazing, then you've done your job. Yeah, that is absolutely true. You got to think of it like that. But see, the thing is, if you know you can do it better, the next cook is for you to attend to do it better. There, look, look. Oh, yeah. The beautiful thing about barbecue, man, is about what? You got time. Yep. If you ain't got nothing else, you got nothing else but the time to perfect your craft. And if you ain't perfecting your craft, guess what? Somebody else is perfecting it. Yeah, that's I mean that's why I look. That's why I'm like, you can't shortchange this, man. You can't. <laughs> you can you can see it, and you and you know it. I mean, oh, yeah. for people that don't know that, if you eat barbecue long enough, you'll be able to tell with any other food if they didn't take their time and cook it right, because it has to, it's supposed to taste a specific way. And then I, I feel like, man, that's that that's a struggle that I have in when I go places and I try their food and people are like, especially now, like a lot of my friends know the bar, know, know, you know, know my barbecue game, know what we're doing. And mm-hmm. they're, it's almost like they're looking at me being like, well, what do you think? And I'm just like, you know, certain places that you go and it, they have this great name. They have, they have a, they have a big, you know, reputation in, in the city or whatever. And it, it, you try it and you're like, man, the quality well, see, has either gone no down. But it's like, you man, can't go with no expectations. Oh, the absolutely. Thing is, you you got to go open minded. But like and I'm then, saying, like when you when you when you chase something and the the product doesn't taste like you know that that was cooked over gas. You know what I mean? Right. And it doesn't have that smoky flavor that that you're used to. Right. You know. Or if you get to uh, talk to a pitmaster and you ask him a question and he gives you the completely wrong answer, it kind of turns mm-hmm. you off. Right. <laughs> but see, that, that lets you know what people in the area are accustomed to. Oh, no, no, no. Don't worry. The the the, the lovely pitmaster that I am speaking of, um, any anyone, it doesn't matter what area you were in, he was incorrect. <laughs> uh, I won't say what what barbecue restaurant it was. I won't say where it was, um, and I won't say his name. But he's like, I am your pitmaster. You know, I, I will, I'll answer any questions. And I go, what what wood do you guys smoke over? And he goes, we smoke over hickory because it is the lightest of all barbecue woods. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like you lost me, bro. Good. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> you don't all know right. anything about wood. Yeah, yeah. We're all fucked. <laughs> all right, all right. Wow. We, we started there at the beginning, man. I mm-hmm. lost me. <laughs> mm-hmm. He did a walk off right there. Bro. Yeah, right. I mean, but shit happens. So now, like you said, you guys, you guys got a lot of stuff coming up in the year. Uh, yeah, the trailer's clearly going to be a little bit busy. Uh, yeah. Now, when you guys do pop ups, do you guys do them? Do you cook? You cook on site because, like you were saying, you do. You kind of you almost if it can tell tell me if I'm wrong, but you almost run your pit twice in the sense of 
you start your first one, start running that pit, fill it up, and then pull, and then reload so that it's still cooking while you're serving. So you even get a little bit longer of a serve time if you're cooking a sold out, right? Well, we so well. What we're gonna do is we're gonna do two. We're gonna do a two cycle cook. Well, I like to call a two cycle cook. And what it is, we'll cook first for the uh, eleven to one p.m. crowd. And yep. then while we're at the 11 to 1 p.m. crowd, we'll go ahead and get ready for, like, the late afternoon or evening crowd. Yeah. Like, after people go ahead and start um, either going to social events or clubs or whatever it may be, the nightlife people, once they get the getting intoxicated, they're going to need something in their system. Because a lot of the breweries had us come out and really gave us a great idea that people are going to really need food to kind of sober up before they go home or catch an Uber or whatever it may be. Yeah. So we're starting to hit the nightlife and find out the nightlife is a really good area for us to be. Number one, all our meats are pretty much either cooked or almost cooked at that point. So they're at their freshest point and fresh is, I said fresh is money. You know, once you yeah. people get fresh food, and we start doing stuff like wings at the afternoon or the evening time. You know, they come piping hot off the grill. And a lot of people don't know that if you get grilled wings compared to fried wings, no, not only are they healthier for you, the ladies love to hear that they're healthier for you, but they taste so much better because the wings, the skin is just so much crispier. And it yeah. just goes, man. I mean, it really goes. So by the time we get done with the uh, second cook during the first Doing the first selling point, uh, we're pretty much wrapping everything up then and kind of getting a little downtime, just refilling everything up, getting ready for the second push. Now, something I'm toying with and what it's something that we've kind of started playing with in in uh, with our pop-ups is we're starting to do a smoked fried wing, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite rings. We are using we, – we implemented an air fryer. Instead oh, nice. of your national, your nat, your your you know your regular grease fryer, and that right. air fryer, I mean, it's just it's it's insane how well it works. Right. It really is, and it's it's given me the same crunch consistency that I could get either off a off of a um, off a cooker if I if I crank that heat up. Which right. for some of our breweries, we're not able to actually have a cooker right next to us where we are serving. Got you. So it would be a lot of running back and forth, which is which is doable, but not in all circumstances. Like in one of the breweries that we do, I would have to fight through a crowd to basically get out to where you just got nice volume. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know what I mean? It's you just can't do yeah. it. So um, the air fryers, it's it's insane how great it's how great it's been working and implementing it. Is it's like when people are like, oh well, they're fried, right? Are they going to be greasy? No, no, no. They're, 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 we're not deep frying them. Oh, okay. But it's like blowing people's minds. Just that it's like, well, it's not a deep fried wing. It's an, you know, it's an air fried wing. So, what's your turnaround time? <laughs> um, from uh, turnaround time after wing is smoked, um, it's about five minutes. Okay, that's cool. So not not horrible. No, no, not at all. You know what I mean? It, it's about five minutes, depending on the on the order size. Now, if I get a table of twenty ordering, everyone's ordering, you know, twelve wings, it's going to be a little bit longer. Yeah, but they'll they'll wait for freshies. Of course, 
Everyone will wait for fre- I, 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 I love how everyone will wait for freshness because I feel like we are in this like insta world. You know what I mean? Where everyone's like, ah, oh, I just want something fast. Let's go something fast. And it's like, man, don't you just want something good? Like I can't I mean, give you. Sometimes I can't give you fast and good at the exact same time. Sometimes I can give you amazing, but it's going to take a little bit longer. Like, aren't you willing to wait for that? <laughs> man, we live in a microwave era, man. I, I mean, it's, it's like George Jetson, but people, people are coming around. What I found, what I come to find out with barbecue, people are really willing to come around and wait for something that they know will be fresh. Yeah, because number one is somewhat nostalgic because. If their parents did cook, they knew it took a little while to have something fresh, so it's worth waiting for. And then number two, um, basically... Give us one second, guys. So we were on on two. Yeah. If you want to take it from me. Just let me know. You you are good to go, brother. Alright. So people know if they're going to they're going to have to wait to get really fresh food. They really don't mind waiting. I don't think they do. No, they don't. I think, I think it's, um, I think it's one of those things that they will wait. And it's, I think up North, at least for us, they're starting to, um, understand the cook till sold out. Uh, it's still a very new concept up here. Mm hmm. It, it, they don't quite grasp that if if I come at six thirty at night, the ribs might be gone. The brisket, like the you know the burnt ends, might be gone. Well, that's why I like to tell people eleven or eleven thirty till sold out, and then a lot of people really get upset because it got to the point to where I was selling out for like forty five minutes to an hour, and they're like, "Man, you need to ramp up your volume." I'm like. Dude, I mean, you can call and pre-order. I give people an hour ahead call to be able to pre-order. That way you can order your food. So by the time 11 o'clock or 11.30 comes, a large percentage of it is sold. Yeah. They're already prepaid and everything. So the only thing I have to do is make sure that they arrive at the designated time to pick up their food. Yeah. It's similar to catering. You know, people put on a deposit. That way they can ensure that they get a meal. And I, I think, um, I think that's why a lot of restaurants and and people go into catering. I mean, it's a little bit, it's a little harder to, of a game to get into. It's definite. I think it's definitely a harder game to get into at first. Uh, but it, it's, it, it's one of those things that you, 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 you are, you aren't assuming as much risk as you are with vending. Vending has True. a crazy risk. True. True. But it's a hell and a of lot, lot of it fun. has to do with the method of advertisement and where you're located as well. Oh, but it's a hell of fun too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, with with great risk comes great reward, and yeah. um, I think I think it's cool what you guys are doing. You um, you're you're going to different breweries, and I think that's a big thing right now too, because a lot of a lot of breweries are getting popping. You know, they're getting they're getting really big and. Um, it's they don't serve food. They don't want they don't want to take that that cost on, right? No. no so absolutely. they let somebody else kind of bring that in, and I think that's really cool that they they will team up with so many people, and I and I see it as such a cool thing because I've been to so many breweries that have given me you know it, 
an amazing opportunity. Not only have I gotten awesome food there from other people, because obviously, like, the food scene's kind of small, or it's not small, but it is. It's, like, large but small type thing. And you start getting to know these people, and you start going out to their events, because you're like, they're like, hey, I'll be out here next Saturday. You're going to come out? And it's like, yeah, you came out and supported me. I'm going to come out and support you. And you can have some amazing food because there's some chefs that are doing some crazy shit at pop-ups because they know it'll go at a pop-up, but they don't know exactly how it'll go in a restaurant just yet. True. And, and it'll, it's almost like a test base, you know, to find out what dishes work well with different audiences. Um, my thing is it allowed me to get my face in the public. Yep. Um, n- not more or less. I like to... Through social media, I like to really focus on dishes. Uh, I rarely do put any personal information out. So when a lot of people see that I'm going to be out in the public, they're allowed to be able to put a face with the dish and more or less to say, okay, here's the whole scope of what he's trying to do. He's not just some ragtag guy that's, you know what I'm saying, pulling something behind him, just trying to make things kind of come together. He is really full on board was serving something to individuals that love this type of food. Very true. Very true. And I think that when they're able to put kind of a face with a dish, it it, it grows the story, right? It it Absolutely. brings them closer to to the dish. I mean, it shows you the personality of the individual that's serving you the food, and it shows that they care. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I you know... So I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think it's one of those things where uh, it, it's just like chefs. You know what I mean? You get a chef that comes out, they talk to you. You see, you know, they you, they tell you like why they love this food so much, and it's any, it's a, I can think it's any any food person when they start telling you about like what the dish meant to them or why they did the dish, what way. It really, really brings you closer to that dish. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, every dish has its story. I mean, and once you once you see the individual that's making the dish for you, it, it gives you a piece of their story or what they're trying to serve to you a part of their story. And, I mean, it, it, it's always supposed to remind uh, – I mean, a lot of my favorite dishes remind me of childhood, right? It's just – it, it that's what brings people happiness, you know, and food in general um, – you know, you never, you can't think of a, you know, a good family moment without food in it. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> absolutely. There's and, always and, food. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, whether it was good food or bad food, you know, if you didn't, if you wasn't really kind of wealthy or, you know, and if you was even a blue collar family, you know, some type of event was tied around a, whether it was a barbecue or any other type of dish that, you know, either a birthday or some type of celebration or even a funeral or anything. I mean, some type of dish is focused around those particular events that can strike a memory. Just, I mean, even the smells can do that for you. That's very true. Uh, You know, you you have that smell and you're like, Ooh, I remember this. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I smelled the African dish and it reminded me of my, my godfather over 12 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's insane, right? It's just yeah. that's how it goes. So, man, what it, what can you tell us? What's going to be big in 2019 for you? 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's uh, scary, right? No, it's scary. No, no, not scary at all. Then I, mean, I got it I'm right. Really, no, it's scary that I'm I got ready. the date right. I'm super ready for 2019. Uh, 2019. 2019 Zillas Pit Barbecue biggest event will be in April. 
2019 April NFL Draft, Nashville, Tennessee, Zillow's Pit Barbecue will be one of the biggest barbecues. This will be one of the biggest cooks that we've ever done. How many ever. people are you I mean, cooking for? This is going to be one of the cooks that say, hey, you know, Zillow's Pit Barbecue, Nashville, Tennessee is going to be a staple. Now, now, how many people are you going to be cooking for on that one? Man. Estimated if you had to give it. Honestly, you we're no going to be cooking for like three days. So, upward of five to 7,000. That is a, um, it's a big cook. We're going to be cooking like 24 hours a day, three days straight. Just got to keep going, right? I mean, that one weekend alone, you know, I don't want to leave any doubt that we care absolutely everything about what we're giving to the public. And I don't want to leave anything out there. There's going to be one one marathon to say, hey, I'm going to give it my all or nothing at all. Now, do you have your menu set for that? Um, we're really working on I know all the basics like the briskets and the shoulders yeah. and uh, the sandwiches and stuff like that. Uh, side dish is going to be um, our world-renowned baked beans. Um, we're going to have slabs of ribs and stuff like that. But we're all going to have like maybe one or two specialty dishes that my wife's going to put on the spring menu. Okay, very, very cool. Very, very cool. I mean, I think that's super, super cool that uh, like the, what you guys are doing. I think the NFL draft is going to be huge for you. Uh, I am so glad that you guys got it and we did not. Uh, in the sense that it's been in Chicago for like the last couple years, um, or the last or the past couple years, and it was back to back. And man, dude, it just it kills our town. So many people come in, and it, I, I'm just like, move out of my way, please. <laughs> people that are not used to being in big cities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it. I mean, it's so crazy. Uh, they, I mean. They haven't really been in-depth about it, but they had to be able to get the actual drive here. They had to make sure that they had enough hotel accommodations to take care of all the visitors. Yeah. So there is no that, reason That is why. one of the things, man. That is one of the things yeah. is, is you have to have that, that hotel um, capacity, right, to make Correct. sure that you can, you can actually hold those people. Um, I know that that's something they do with, like, the Super Bowl, the Olympics, and the NFL draft is one of them. And um, it, it's insane how there are certain places that will actually build hotels so that they can do it. Absolutely. I mean, and Nashville, for the last five years or even longer, has You guys really have been, been blowing up, right? I yeah, mean, it's a destination city. Yeah. It, and I think it's because it's affordable. Um, it is a cool place to live. It, it has a very, very... Um, very lively nightlife, which music's great down there. It's just a very cool city. Well, it's just, I mean, <laughs> for maybe, I think it's for 24 to 30 or 35, there's maybe 100 families a day moving here. That's insane. I mean, it really is. They're all moving right out of Chicago, man. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> If they want to come and get a good barbecue, man, I'm okay. Hey, I'm gonna give them a place to come to. You know, it, it, I feel like I meet so many people that are like, "Oh, we're moving to Nashville." Oh, we're moving to Nashville, and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Like a couple of my friends moved to Nashville, and I'm just like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> like everyone's moving hey, to Nashville. 
just tell them like, hey, when when the draft come around, Zillas Pit will be downtown. There you go. I mean, so any anything else that's going on that's going to be crazy going on? Uh, we'll be doing Memphis in May again this year. Okay. Um, Finna wrap up some details on Memphis in May, uh, as well as I'm I'm really just focused on making sure I get this trailer out and about, man. And um, we got a lot of big things in West Tennessee. We have a blues and jazz festival that we're gonna take part in, and it's just gonna be it's gonna be wild. I mean, I don't really see myself stopping next year. I mean, I pretty much prepared for this. Um, this is something that I really been looking for. It's something about it's kind of like you've been training for you. You know, done yep. your stint. You feel like I feel like I still have some more things that I need to do as well before I'm really full steam ahead. But man, it's it's time. It really is. Now, the last thing we'll touch upon uh, before we kind of pull into the podcast, pull the end of the podcast into into it. Um, when you're doing your competition cooking versus your trailer cooking, is there anything that you change? to go for a competition f- uh, flavor profile? Do you do you kind of change that? Or or are you, all your cooks very, very similar in flavor profile in the sense that you're not changing competition to serving? No, it's just a matter of volume. Okay. It truly is a matter of volume. Because I feel like if I'm going to start doing more competitions, which I don't see myself doing, that means I need to go to stuff like judging classes and stuff like uh, comp schools because it wouldn't be – I wouldn't serve myself justice to go to a comp class if I did not go to a comp class and go to a competition because you're already starting in the weeds. You don't know what profile or what type of taste they're looking for. You're just cooking the way that you are accustomed to cooking, but when you're going to barbecue competitions, you're cooking for a way that they want you to cook. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so you, you kind of have to hit a flavor profile because if you don't, no. I mean, I mean, you can judge, you can get judged high, but chances are you're not going to get reserved a grand because you don't know what flavor profiles they want. You're cooking for the way that you're accustomed to other people liking your food or you even liking your food yourself. And people are similar in taste. They like the way you cook as well. But that may not be how the judges are critiqued to judge and that and that, i think that's one of the things that i think some people get that smack in the face when they go out and do competition barbecue for the first time is everyone's been telling them you know your ribs are the best ribs you've ever had and then they come in dead ass last on ribs because they cook to their flavor profile not exactly a competition flavor profile yeah and that's why i'm like i'm skewed on what i say about the word better you know, it's just different. And yeah. I really do mean that, man. I, I can't, you know, it's great to say, okay, look, I cooked in a contest and this guy trained me how to cook this way and the judges liked it. So they gave me first place. So, but what to say, okay, my grandfather been teaching me how to cook this certain method, but everybody in the town loved my food. But like you said, my ribs came in dead ass last, but I got a whole town that won't, that won't dig them and fight over some of my food. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it just it it's just a different it's a different um, it's a different yeah it's it's a different beast. Let's put it that way. Yeah. 
That's the reason why I say I don't say better. I really don't. So, just- man, dude, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us, and chatting barbecue. Um, so I, I kind of changed the way that I end up my end my podcast here, um, and I think it was kind of cool how we were talking about you know wasting time. So earlier in the podcast, so this will all tie it all together, right? Uh, if you had to go back in your barbecue journey to when you first started and give yourself three tips to either shorten the learning curve, help you out, what would they be? Um, number one will be continue to cook round clock. You know, if someone has any type of um, advice, make sure I stick to my guns and don't let a lot of other filters come in. That's number one. Okay. Uh, no, number two. My number two would be never second guess yourself. Okay. Number three. Number three. Even if you think you're good, you always can do better. There you go, man. Those are, those are some three really heavy hitters. So, man, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the Barbecue Podcast, hanging out with us, chatting barbecue. Um, if you can do me a favor, tell everyone where they can follow your journey on the internet, where they can find you at, um, how they find out about your pop-ups and all that fun stuff. All right. So you can look me up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Instagram is Zilla, Z-I-L-L-A-S underscore P-I-T. That is Pit underscore B-B-Q. You can also look me up on the Twitter and Facebook. You don't have to put all those underscores in, just regular Zilla Spit Barbecue. Dude, that is um, that is just badass that everyone can look you up and do it all. And you are, you are doing some badass stuff, man. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast, hanging out with us. And chat and barbecue, man. Man, awesome as always, man. Good talking to you.